1960 KPXQ. I'm Bob Brown filling in for Tom Brown, and today we're talking about our constitutional rights as Christians as being defended by Alliance Defending Freedom, and especially with Matt Sharp, who's one of their attorneys who's been the boots on the ground out there. And Matt, we sure appreciate the work that you've done and how you've dedicated your life to help protect all of our rights. Well, thank you. It's our privilege to do it. Well, we've got about five minutes before the uh, the break, Matt, and and I'd like to change the topic if we might. If you could give us a quick overview of the case back in your part of the world involving the fire chief and the city of Atlanta. Absolutely. This is Kelvin Cochran. He was the fire chief in Atlanta. Did an outstanding job with the fire department here. Really brought about some great changes. In fact, he was so well-respected that President Obama appointed him as chief fire administrator for the entire country. Uh, and after doing that for a couple years, he really felt the call to come back to Atlanta and make a difference. And so he uh, came back, took over leadership, and brought about some important changes so that the fire department received really high ratings and, and readiness and, and everything. Well, Kelvin is also a devout Christian and involved in his church, and he saw a need for some Bible study materials. And so drawing upon his, his biblical knowledge and, and biblical teachings, he, he wrote a short Bible study for men in his church. And he handed out a few copies to some Christians at work and uh, wanted to, again, just, just provide a tool for, for men to have. Well, this makes its way to the mayor and, and a member of the city council who was opposed to some of Kelvin's writings. Specifically, Kelvin had talked in the book about God's plan for marriage and sexuality and said that marriage should be between one man and one woman, and that means that other types of sexual activity, homosexuality and things like that, are contrary to God's plan for marriage and sexuality. Well, this upset him, and so next thing you know, Chief Cochran is on suspension and ultimately fired for writing his book. So what does this come down to? Now the government's playing thought police. It's telling you what you can and cannot think. It's telling, telling Chief Cochran that because of his beliefs, not any evidence that he had discriminated. In fact, an investigation showed that he had never been accused of discrimination. There was no evidence of it. He was beloved by everyone. But because of his beliefs and because he wrote them down in a personal devotional book, he lost his job and was fired. Now, this, as a Christian, I can tell you is extremely frightening because now we're getting where no one's safe. Uh, if you dare put your beliefs in writing or mention them or, or hold beliefs that are contrary to those of certain government officials, your job's on the line, your reputation's on the line. So we're defending Chief Cochran in a lawsuit against the city of Atlanta and our mayor, Kasim Reed, for being terminated for the simple fact of holding certain beliefs and sharing those in a devotional book that he wrote for men in his church. So, Matt, this devotional uh, pamphlet that he wrote was not a part of the official fire department literature. That's correct. This was something he wrote entirely on his own. And, in fact, before he wrote it, he submitted a copy to the city's ethics department just to make sure that he wasn't violating any ethical duties. Uh, and they said they were fine with it, that he wasn't doing it, that he was allowed to uh, published such a book. Uh, and so he went through all the right channels to write this private book. Again, nothing that was related to his job duties or that he would force on anyone or even operate according to. Uh, but those private beliefs became a basis for his public termination from his job. Hmm. And where is the case procedurally now? We just filed the lawsuit a few weeks ago, and so now we're waiting for the city's answer, for them to uh, respond to our allegations of discrimination 
and we're going to be moving forward quickly on this one. This is an important case for everybody. Uh, no one should live in fear of the government coming and knocking on their door saying, hey, you can't think that, you can't write that, you can't put those beliefs out in public. And we want to make sure that every government employee, whether it's a fire chief or a police officer or a public school teacher, never lives in fear of having the thought police show up at their door and tell them you're fired for holding certain beliefs, putting certain things in personal writings for church devotionals. Can you imagine a re- a reason that supports the, the city's action? None at all. Uh, this is one of the most outrageous examples of this lack of tolerance. What's so funny is, is they're trying to make this case about, well, we doubt Chief Cochran can be fair and impartial, and his views are going to influence everything he's done. But the problem is, one, that's not the case. There was no evidence of him ever acting improperly. He was beloved by everyone, again, even sought out by President Obama as the national fire chief. But they're imposing a one-way tolerance. You tolerate our beliefs, but we're not going to tolerate yours. And that's the message they're sending when they go after situations like this and when they go after people like Chief Cochran is, you tolerate our beliefs and our views, but if you have anything different, we have no tolerance and no effort whatsoever to tolerate yours. And your job's on the line, and you can be fired. And so it's, it's a scary precedent uh, that we're starting here and that we're, we're likely to see pop up again and again. So unless we take a stand here for great men like Chief Cochran, uh, we've, we're, we're going to be losing some important ground. Wow. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, we greatly appreciate your insights. Final quick question. Uh, if one of our listeners uh, is, has been moved by what you've told here today, what you've uh, been telling us about, how can they support ADF? They can visit our website, uh, www.alliancedefendingfreedom.org. We do all of our cases free of charge. So Pastor Reed, who we've been representing for eight years now, Chief Cochran and students and others across the country, we're able to do free of charge. And it's through donations, large and small, that we can do this and, and help individuals take a stand for their rights against quite often oppressive governments trying to censor their religious speech. So if someone wants to know more about what we do to learn how they can support us, both prayer or financially, or if they've got a situation that they've got legal questions about, we'd love for them to contact us at www.alliancedefendingfreedom.org and learn more about our ministry and what we can do to help them. Great. Matt, thanks again so much for being with us. I look forward to talking with you again soon. Absolutely. Great talking with you, Bob. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. This is Bob Brown. I'm filling in for Tom Brown, and we've just finished a half-hour segment with Matt Sharp of the Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, By the way, just for background, uh, Tom Brown and I are not related, but I do have a brother named Tom Brown, but he's stuck up in the snow in Big Fork, Montana. Um, I'm the coordinator of a nonprofit practice legal group at Ridenour Heighton, a local Phoenix law firm of about 30 lawyers. We have uh, three and a half lawyers who primarily support uh, faith-based organizations and some secular charities as well, but we deal with the interaction uh, uh, to a great extent with the Evangelical Christian Church uh, as uh, it it tries to interact with government regulations, IRS regulations, sign regulations, and so forth. And in fact, I'm a, in the interest of full disclosure, I'm an allied attorney with Alliance Defending Freedom. I've been through their constitutional law training, and I regularly accept cases uh, in connection with them to help uh, churches, for example, revise bylaws and articles and that sort of thing. 
Well, let's uh, turn now to it. We have uh, Jerry Foltz with us on the phone from uh, the lovely state of Colorado. Jerry, how are you? Great, Bob. How are you? It's great to have you with us. Jerry is the, let me, if I have this right, Jerry, you're the chief operating officer. Is that right? You're, have I got your title right? Yeah, close enough. I, they, they call me a VP, but COO is a lot of what I do, yes. So. Okay. That, that's fine. And uh, Jerry and I have worked together on several projects in the past, and he's with a, compu- a, a company called Computers in Ministry. Jerry, would you tell us a little bit about your company and how you got started and kind of what you do from a 100,000-foot level? Sure. We started in 1996, so coming up on 20-year anniversary. Uh, we are organized as a 501c3 nonprofit, and we exist solely to support uh, the IT needs information technology needs of uh, faith-based Christian ministries. Uh, so what that typically means is churches, Christian schools, mission organizations, and the like. So if I'm the uh, church treasurer and I've got uh, my uh, little uh, first-generation Apple computer that's about run out of gas, <laughs> uh, are you somebody I might call for help? Yes, we, we would be that person. Uh I'm not sure we still have the gasoline for that version of computer, but, you know, we might be able to hook you up somewhere on that. But, yes, we're, we're, we're those people. And uh, so um, uh, we will um, spend a little time talking about the kinds of things that you do. Now, when you say computers and ministry, does that mean you do all kinds of different computer consulting, or is it just cloud computing that everybody wants to talk about today? Well, cloud is obviously kind of the most uh, recent development and really represents some very significant opportunities for all stripes of uh, ministries. But cloud wasn't around 20 years ago when we started. And so, uh, you know, we kind of got our feet wet just supporting and advising and consulting uh, ministries uh, on kind of the traditional infrastructure, like the whole server setups and networking, and, and we've had a help desk to help out uh, end users and that kind of thing in ministries. And so it's been very traditional, I guess, in that in that sense. But obviously cloud is now, after, since the advent of the uh, Internet and now the, the opportunities for cloud, it's a real game changer. And so uh, a lot of new things, a lot of change. I mean, there's always a lot of change in IT, obviously, uh, but this is one that we find in ministries uh, from a variety of backgrounds and sizes and missions, uh, there's pretty significant opportunities for ministries from a lot of different uh, from a lot of different angles, really, and with the cloud. So a lot of what we're doing now is focused on that. Yes. Do you still have a help desk for my uh, uh, old X- we do. at my old XP server? Yeah, we do. We we support. I I think the last number I saw was. We're we're around maybe a thousand or getting close to a thousand actual end users that we support uh, via our help desk in various ministries around the U.S. Wow, how many ministries do you all work with? Uh, it's around thirty. Uh, don't have the exact number in front of me, but it, it's around thirty that we're currently uh, partnered with. And would these be primarily in Colorado, or uh, do you also have some in Arizona? You know, our guys are, when I say guys, our guys and gals are located really across the U.S. We started in Colorado, but we've uh, branched out uh, from there 
Uh, we have a significant presence and boots on the ground, really, in Phoenix and Indianapolis, Seattle, uh, and various other cities around the U.S. And so I, I take it because of the power of the Internet, you're able to, your help desk can sit comfortably in Colorado Springs and help right. us out in the desert as well. Yep, yep, exactly. So, and then we augment that or we, or we complement that kind of remote support piece uh, with, like I say, boots on the ground. I mean, kind of an on-site presence and cycle through and just be a face-to-face presence uh, whenever needed. Well, when we come back from the break, I've got several questions for Jerry. Uh, I'm interested to find out how to keep my head out of the cloud and my feet on the ground. But right now, you're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I'm Bob Brown filling in for Tom Brown today. And we'll be back with our guest, Jerry Foltz, in just a minute to talk more about computers in Minnesota.